Um, you know, at our vision service last week, I shared how God's word, you know, that God's word for us really was, as we head into the new year, was that we, that we need to be strong and courageous. That God is calling us to go out and share the good news about Jesus with everybody uh, that we know and help them to take steps to belong, you know, belong, you know, those three steps again that we talked about, you know, the, to take steps to belong, uh, have a sense of belonging and acceptance in God's family, then take that step to believe uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord, and then take steps to become the disciple, to become the person that God created us to be. You know, and those are three um, major steps, and God has called us, God, God has given us the privilege uh, to go and share that. And, um, you know, I, as I was thinking of on this past week, you know, um, uh, we're living in a world where uh, it's going to be really important that, that we begin to live and, and that we would be strong and courageous uh, in the way in which uh, we live. Um, you know, you think about what's happened around the world and, and you know, it's just, it's just a really, it's just a crazy time, you know. And uh, I'm just so thankful to the Lord that when we started this, you know, just, you know we talked about this series um, months ago and just kind of God laid it on our heart. That we, that we need to learn how to stand, you know. And, and in the first week, um, you know, what we're doing is we're looking at the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, uh, we're looking at five stories in the book of Daniel. And it kind of like, it's a preview of what we'll be doing in the new year. We'll be kind of, be, we'll be going through the Bible, starting from Genesis. We're not going to go verse by verse necessarily, but we're going to take some key stories in God's story as we go through. And then we'll have a really good idea about how, what the flow of the Bible is and the whole thing. But, but in this series, we're looking at these five key situations, five key stories from the book of Daniel and, and how he stood uh, for the Lord. And first week, uh, was, you know, we talked about standing out and, and, and Max talked about from Daniel 1 that God calls us to be different. He calls us to stand out and, and where... Um, the enemy wants us to kind of blend in, but we need to stand out for him. And then uh, two weeks ago, Jimmy Ashiro shared from Daniel 4 about standing up for what is right and true and that it's really hard sometimes to, to talk and con to confront people in love, but we can go to God in prayer, you know, and, and, and the power of prayer is so important, but we have to stand up uh, for what is right. Today I wanted to look at something that we all face uh, you either face this, or you're facing this, or you're going to face this from time to time uh, as you follow the Lord. But, um, you know, it's something that we're all going to have to encounter. You know, one year when my son John was playing Little League, and um, at the end of the season, one of the coaches called, and he shared the good news that John was, you know, selected to be part of um, the All-Star team. You know, he takes after his dad and stuff like that. And um, so he shared that, and then he shared what the practice schedule was going to be. And when he shared the practice schedule, it included that they would be practicing on Sunday mornings. Now, okay, you know, just, just Sunday mornings, but one of the values that we have as a family, you know, one of the, 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 the high values we have as a family is that there's an importance that we gather together with the family of God to worship Him on Sunday mornings. And so, you know, I thought to myself, you know, as the coach is talking, I, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, this is really a blessing to John, and, and maybe it would be okay, you know, if we let John go, 
uh, since, you know, it's just the all-star season. It's just really short and the whole thing. And, and I thought, well, if, you know, what if John didn't go to the practices on, on Sundays? You know, would he be able to play in the games? Or, or, or worse, would he, you know, not be allowed to be on the team, you know? And I kind of thought about other things like, you know, how would John feel if we said, you know, sorry, son, you know, just, you know, just a high priority for us. Um, um, just can't, um, you can't, you know, you can't go to practice. And what would, um, you know, what would his reaction be? And, uh, you know, would it turn him off to God, right? Or he's like, man, would he like, oh, man, see, God's such a downer. I can't even go to an all-star team and all kinds of stuff, you know? And, and at that point, we had a choice. As a family, we had a choice to stand strong in God's call for us and in instructions for us or not, you know? And that was a tough choice at that time. You know, I love sports. More importantly, I love my son. And so, man, it was just a tough decision. And the thing is, you know, have you ever been in a situation like that? You know, have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you had to stand strong, even if it meant going against the flow? You know, as a parent, you know, we're ever in a situation where, because, you know, as parents, you know, our job isn't to allow our kids to do what they want to do. You know, but it's training our kids up to do what God has called us to do. And it's instructions. And sometimes as parents, we get all messed up and we, we think we have to let our kids do whatever they want to do. And, and it's like, that's not the way it is. You know, but... But have you been in a situation like that, you know, where, you know, you're going to go against the flow, or you're going to get criticism from others, or, you know, where you knew it was the right thing to do, even though nobody else was doing it. You know, like, man, I, I know I should do this, but, man, nobody else is doing that. You know, where standing strong could affect the lives of the people you love. You know, those are tough things, you know, and that's one of the real challenges that uh, being a follower of Christ is all about is standing strong in, in, in your priorities and your values and your obedience to God in a world in which, you know, those priorities and values aren't seen as important, they're not seen as right, and, and maybe for some it doesn't even seem like they're good values. And uh, we're going to look at this familiar story from Daniel. And... Uh, you know, if you've been in the church for a while, if you grew up in Sunday school, you know the story about Daniel and the lion's den. And, and sometimes I don't like to use the word story because it kind of makes it seem like they're like fictional things. It's not really true. But everything that in the Bible, those things, you know, all the stories, all the situations, all the episodes, all the, the people in the Bible is absolutely true. And so this story about um, Daniel and the lion's den is just this amazing true story. And we can learn how to stand strong in what God has called us to be and what God's called us to do. And it's just this really great example to what God is calling us and where he's saying to us that it's time for us to be strong and courageous. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Daniel 6. And um, you know, we're going to start from verse 1. You know, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and and, you know, when you went back with Max and, you know, there was King Nebuchadnezzar back then in Babylon because, you know, Daniel was in Babylon. But, you know, Daniel, you know, when we think of Daniel in the lion's den, you know, we think of this, you know, studly young guy and these, you know, these, these, these uh, lions, like, they're like cuddly little kittens, you know, like overgrown kittens and all that. But by this time, you know, Daniel has gone through a number of, of kings and Nebuchadnezzar is long gone. You know, uh, King Cyrus from Persia came in and invaded and conquered uh, Babylon. And then now this is his son-in-law, uh, Darius. Now he's the king. 
And, and Darius kind of is like this, this administrative, he has an administrative kind of mind, and so he's thinking about how he's going to, um, you know, rule and run this kingdom, 120 provinces, and he appoints a high officer to rule over each one. Then he chose Daniel and two others to be administrators, to supervise the high officials, you know, and, and you know, he's setting some, something up. He's setting a system up. And, you know, Daniel soon, soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Um, because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire kingdom. Right? And we're talking about a slave here, you know, that they brought in with all these young guys. You know, we, Max talked about that a, a few weeks ago. They indoctrinated them into the ways of that culture. And, and, and King Darius sought out the very best people for the highest positions. And here's Daniel. He's gifted from God, and, and he comes out to be the best of the best, you know, and, and he's just rising up in this kingdom, but Daniel's faith and his commitment to God is going to be tested, you know, and there's, there's at least three truths that we can, we can learn and can help us today to stand strong, right, so if you have your bulletins, you can follow along, notes up there, but these are Three truths to help us to stand strong today. The first thing is this. When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. That when God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. You receive a promotion, you're excited, but then you begin to receive all kinds of criticism. You know, sometimes the higher you move up and you're a shining star in a, in, in a corporation or whatever, and you, you rise up, now you begin to see, oh, man, the, the politics and all, you begin to get criticism, um, those things happen. Or you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're all thrilled, you're all excited, and then all of a sudden, you know, people start calling you Jesus freak, or, or maybe worse, you know, um, friends and people that you thought were friends begin to treat you badly or avoid you like the plague, you know, things like that. Um, or maybe God speaks to you in a, in a very clear way, and, and He's really nudging you to, to do something that, that may seem controversial in, in the culture we're living. And maybe it's, you know, God's leading you to quit a really uh, good-paying job and to move to something that maybe doesn't seem quite as lucrative as that. Or, or perhaps God is leading you, you know, of all things, you know, to homeschool your kids. Like, whoa, are you weird? You know, things like that. And, and so often, when God raises you up... Um, People will tear you down. And that's what happened to Daniel. In Daniel 6, verse 4, it says, Then the other administrators and the high officials began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling the government. He wasn't doing a bad job. He wasn't a bad person. But they were jealous. You see, he's like, oh, look at that guy. I mean, like, why is, he, why is he getting all this favor? You know, I mean, he's just been with us for a while. You know, what's, come on, you know, and all that stuff. And and, and they couldn't find, but here's the cool thing, they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. I mean, how great would that be, right? That in your life, people looked at you, like, I gotta get that Barry, and they look at Barry's life, and Barry's life is like, man, he's like, he's like an angel. I mean, he doesn't do anything wrong, you know? Uh, you know, at breakfast buffets, he doesn't do anything, I mean, he's just, he's just perfectly fine, okay? And... Uh, <laughs> And I, and I picked Barry because I can't pick myself because, man, people can find all kinds of stuff uh, with me. And so they concluded. They said, man, let's look, let's look. They look at Daniel's stuff. Can't find nothing. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. See? 
They look at his face and say, okay, there's got to be something there. Because he's just too, he's such a goody-goody. There's got to be something there. And then, so in verse 6, so they went to the king and they said, long live King Darius. We're all in agreement. We administrators, officials, and high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make this law that will strictly inf- be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, why 30 days? Any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, O great king, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So they appealed to, to King the, the eagle of King Darius, and King Darius goes, that sounds like a great idea. And he signs that law. All right? And these, these guys couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel, but they knew Daniel was devoted to his God. And he, they knew that Daniel was a man of prayer. In fact, different times, three times during the day, that Daniel would take time to pray. And they said, you know what? That's how we're going to get Daniel. Right? And, and King Darius signs that thing. And so often we think that when we choose to serve, to serve and obey God, that, that everything's going to be great, that nothing's going to go wrong. But the truth is, whenever we choose to serve, whenever we choose to obey, whenever we choose to follow um, God, that, that there's going to be resistance, even from well-meaning people, right? I mean, it's really, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't know, you know? But, but we can expect resistance. And God and, and the enemy is the person behind this, and he uses all kinds of people, you know? Because the devil does not want us to follow God. He says, you're going to follow God? Shoot them. All right. Let's see how good you really are. And, and he'll use people, you know, even those well-meaning kind of people. And when we face these attacks, we've got to keep in mind that our battle isn't against these other people. And that's so hard to do, right? You know, we get something, we get whacked, and we think, man, that person, you know, that person, oh, that person yelled at me. Oh, that person talks, think about me. And we think our battle is with that person. But that's not where our battle is. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the enemy trying to cause us to move away from the Lord. And isn't that true sometimes? And sometimes, you know, we get upset and all that, and we get mad, like, oh, that person, who do you think they are? And then we get offended or whatever, and then what happens in our lives? We kind of pull away from God. And the enemy goes, great, see? And the enemy wins. Everybody loses, the enemy wins. And that's what he does. And when we stand for God, there's going to be costs. There's going to be costs, you know? And that, that, that we got to consider. And here's Daniel, this man of integrity, and he was set up. And all Daniel ever did, all Daniel ever did was right and was good. And so what was Daniel going to do now? Because right? this is unfair. This is sneaky. Right? He's done nothing wrong. What would Daniel do now? Would he stand strong in his faith as he continues to move up that ladder in this kingdom? You know, or will he save himself from the lion's den? Right? Because that's the options at that point. And when we choose to follow God, there's going to be op- opposition. The second thing is this. Kneeling to pray is what gives, us a, gives you the strength to stand. See, kneeling to pray gives you the strength to stand. 
in, in verse 10, when Daniel learned of the law that had been signed, he went home and he kneeled down, what? As usual. That's what he's always done. In his upstairs room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. He didn't stop. He continued to do that. Because he understood the power of prayer. And he gave thanks to God. Daniel knew that by kneeling in prayer, that God would give him the strength to stand. And so what did he do? He did what he always did. Because he was committed to God. He was a man committed to prayer. And he did what he always did. Didn't matter what was going to happen. He said, you know what? I'm going to stand strong. The only way I can stand strong is I'm going to kneel in prayer. And he prayed as always. And what did he do? The Bible says he gave thanks to God. In the midst of this tough situation, Daniel gives thanks to God. And our first response to opposition should never be to panic. Or like, oh, what am I going to do? Our first response to opposition got to be to pray. And so often, if you're like me, it's like, man, I'll try, to, I'll try to do everything I possibly can to make that situation work out, to control that situation, to somehow manipulate that situation so that it doesn't turn out the way I don't want it to turn out. And so I'm working really hard. I'm stressed out. I'm doing the things that I think I need to do. And then when all else fails, right, I say and we say, well, I guess all I got left to do is pray. And that's what we say. Like, man, I got to pray. And, and Oswald Chambers said this. We tend to use prayer as a last resort. Right? I think, yeah, that's true. We tend to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. You see, prayer isn't our last resort. Prayer really is, and, I, and I'm learning this, but prayer is really the best thing we can do. That the amazing truth is that our Father in heaven, who loves and cares for us, and He cares for what we care about, that He hears the cry of the humble, and, 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 he, and he acts, and He hears us. And, and the very best we can do is pray. And that when life gives us more than we can stand, that we can kneel to God in prayer. And at some point in our lives, at some point in your life, as a follower of Christ, you're going to have to stand strong. And it could be a stand against, you know, it could be a stand not to engage in a sport, youth sport league because of values you have. Uh, It could be, you know, um, that you break up with your boyfriend because, you know, he's pushing you to do things you know you should not do. You know, it, it, it could be that you don't do a business deal because it lacks integrity, you know, um, that you know that that's not the right thing to do. It could be a huge world issue. And there's going to be thoughts of fear, right? It's like, man, what, what am I going to do? Man, what is John going to think if I do this? He's going to be wrecked for life, you know? And it's always, always, always difficult, you know, to, to consider standing in the midst of that. But we get the strength to stand when we kneel in prayer. Okay. The third thing is this, okay? When we choose to follow God and God raises us up, 
that we're going to, there are going to be people that's going to tear us down. But in the midst of all that opposition and all that, when we kneel in prayer, we give, God gives us the strength to stand. Because okay? there's hope. And then the third thing is this. When you do what is right, okay, when you do what is right, you can always trust God with the results. When you do what is right, you can always trust God for the results. And, and, and here's the part of this story that's so difficult for us to understand. You know, because, because Daniel didn't know the end of his story, right? Where he was, because he was in the middle of that story. He didn't know that he was going to be this great Sunday school lesson for centuries to come. He didn't know, you know, he had no idea whatsoever that it was going to end the way he wanted it to. All he knew was that for about 80 years of his life, God had been faithful with him and was worthy to be trusted, period. You know, that, that there's no ifs, ands, or buts, no but what is, or but how come this, or, you know, this doesn't seem fair. It wasn't anything like that. He says, God has been faithful to me, and therefore I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to stand strong. And if he saves me, great, I'm going to trust him. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter, because God is worthy of his trust. And in verse 14, you know, hearing this, you know, like the guys come back and say, they snitch on Daniel, right? Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be, can be changed. So at, the, so at last, the king gave the order because he had no choice. He was bound by his word. He gave the order for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. Stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed the stone, stone with his own royal seal and a seal of the nobles so no one could rescue Daniel. Then he went back. He was devastated. He spends the night <clears throat> fasting. He refused his usual entertainment. Um, didn't even watch Netflix that night. Didn't do anything like that. And he couldn't sleep at all that night. And this king was devastated because Daniel was a good person. Everybody liked Daniel. He didn't do nothing wrong. The only people that didn't like him was those guys who was jealous of him. But the king was bound by his word. Verse 19, <clears throat> very early the next morning, king gets up, hurried out to the lion's den. When he gets there, he calls out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. And I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the, from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he trusted in his God. And we don't know what happened down there, really. We don't see, we know the angel was there and he was, and, and God shut the mouth of the lion. But you see, we know that Daniel stood strong. Daniel was a person who knelt in prayer, trusted God for the results and he was miraculously saved. And God is totally trustworthy 
even if the results are not what we expect. You see, the point isn't that God rescued Daniel. The point is Daniel stood strong. And God is a God we can trust. And sometimes it works out the way we want it to, and sometimes it doesn't. But God is still trustworthy. God is still good. You know? And even if the results aren't what we expect, God is faithful. God is all-wise. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And He's so beyond us. The Bible tells us that His thoughts and His ways, we can't even fathom because they're so much greater than ours. Our thoughts and our ways. And God is worthy for us to be trusted. And he's worthy for us to be strong and courageous for and in the midst of opposition to stand strong for him. And we're reminded just like those three guys earlier in Daniel 3 when they were told to bow down before the king. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They, they declared in, in Daniel 3.16, they replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, back in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you if we're thrown into the... And they're Daniel's friends, right? They're thrown into the blazing furnace. The God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. They had full faith. They said, we're going to stand strong. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you. Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. You know, whether they were saved or not, it did not matter. Because they knew God is a God who is worthy of us standing strong in. That no matter what, God was going to take care of them. You know, it didn't matter, one way or the other. And whenever I read things like that, and I think, man, I, you know, like Daniel and the lion's den, and we think, man, it's like, oh, man, what if God didn't save them? What if God doesn't save us? You know, the truth is, it's a win-win. Because it reminds me that life on earth is just a short period of time. That, that we're just passing through. That God has something for us to do. We're all on a mission. Whether we're going to accomplish what God wants us to do is just up to us. But then we get to go to our home in heaven. And we get to be with God for all eternity. And that's our true home. And so often I think, man, this is home, and this is life, and we're going to live my 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe 100, whatever, how long we live here on earth, right? And then if I'm faithful enough, and I'm good enough, then God will say, all right, come into the retirement home called heaven, and I retire in heaven, and I get to be in my rocking chair in heaven. No. It's like, Mark, come on in. You've completed your mission. And for that short blip in all of eternity, we get to experience, you know, God's, God's, God's plan and His call and His miracles. And then we see God face to face. And then we're home. And we get to enjoy home forever and ever. Okay? Whenever I see food, I'm reminded I'm on a mission. I can only eat just a little bit of bacon. Because of cholesterol issues. But in heaven, I just let it rip, baby. You know, don't matter, because I'm home now. You know, all the bacon I want. I laugh at cholesterol in heaven. You see? But that's the way it is. See? That, that God is totally trustworthy. And we can stand strong knowing that God knows the very best. 
that, that, that we can live with that confidence, that we can trust no matter what happens, we can trust the results with God. And God has our best in mind, even if we can't see it. And so many times we don't see it. And we choose to just say, no, no, can't be, can't be. And God says, no, I got your very best in mind. You see, God is calling you to make a difference in our world. That God created you, brought you to earth for a reason. And if you made a decision to follow Christ, you have home waiting for you in heaven. And he said, I got a job for you to do. You know? And he's calling us to be strong and courageous. He's calling us to be strong and to stand strong because he is totally trustworthy and faithful. And, you know, we've been reminded in these past few days, you know, with all the tragic bombing in, in, in Paris and in Beirut, and all the different things that are going on, those are two major ones that we know about. There's all kinds of stuff going on in our world. That there's so much violence and so much evil in our world. And when we look at our world, man, it's so, it's so easy to get hard and get really upset and angry, right? I mean, watching the news, was it yesterday, and just hearing all the reports, you just get angry, man, you know, right? And if you don't get angry, and you get angry, and then you start feeling sad and, and distressed about the whole thing, it's like, man, evil is just overtaking the world. And, it, and it's so easy to think that there's absolutely no hope in our world. That when we look around, is the world getting better? I don't think so. It just seems like the bad guys keep winning, and innocent people just die, and evil wins. And I think, man, is there hope? See, but the truth is there's hope, that there is hope. Jesus said this about himself in Matthew 12, verse 18. Look at my servant, whom I have chosen, God saying. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nation. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he, can, he will cause justice to be victorious. And his name, and his name will be the hope of all the world. And in a, in a world in which it seems that hope is absent, Jesus said, he's the hope of the world. See? He's the hope of the world. There isn't any other thing on earth that we can put our hope in. Right? We can put our hope in money. That's not going to last. We can put our hope in government. You know, we can put our hope in armies and all these things. But the truth is, Jesus said, I am the hope of all the world. And we are called to stand strong and share that message of hope with the world around us. You know, we're living in just crazy times. You know? As the president of France declared about these attacks, he said, this is an act of war. right? And we're living in challenging times with wars all around us, around the world. There's a war going on, you know. And there's a war against God's morals and His laws right here in our state, in our country where we live. And God's calling us to be strong and courageous, even in the midst of tragedy and threats and opposition and war, to stand strong and do what is right. 
you know, to stand strong and do what God's calling us to do. That Jesus is the hope of the world. And he says, someone's got to go out and share that with the world around. And he says, people of KCF, are you willing to be, you know, are you willing to be people who will go out and share the great news that Jesus is the hope of the world? See? That's why God says to us, in the days and the year to come, I need you to be strong and courageous. You know, that in the midst of whatever is going on, I need you, will you just stand strong and follow my call for you? We need to remember that we battle on our knees, that when we kneel in prayer, we have the strength to stand. And more importantly, we access the power of God. And then we just rest. We just rest knowing, really, that God has the results and the future in his hand, you know. This is not a time for us to cower in fear. This isn't a time which like, oh, man, we just circle the wagons and we just, where's the women and the children? And we just hide them all and we just cower and we just stay in our little, nice little church building here and we just gather together and we sing kumbaya and we have a great time and then we just hold our breath and take a step out in the world. No not a time for us to fear but it's a time for us to stand strong it's to stand strong in the power and the love of God and his call for us now a very few of you might be thinking okay what did you guys do in the story about John literally well that year you know I talked to the coach and say coach what a privilege what an honor you know but um, John's not going to be able to practice on Sunday mornings and if that kind of like, that's not going to work for you, then no, that's fine. I totally understand. We'll talk to John. It'll be fine. Right? So that year, Coach says, yeah, that might be better. It wouldn't be fair to the other boys. You banana. Anyway, you know, and I go, Coach, that's fine. And John wasn't able to be on that all-star team for that year. And uh, the next year came around and selected him again and same kind of deal, different coach. Dad told the coach, coach said, no, that'd be fine. He don't got to come on Sunday. He's come. And Johnny was able to play. And I look at that, and, you know, that didn't break Johnny's spirit. You know, that didn't crush Johnny. You know, there's so many other things I did that he's going to need counseling in the future. <laughs> that wasn't one of them. <laughs> that wasn't one of them. You know, he survived. He lived. But he understood something even more important than that. One, we don't get to do everything that we want to do. Two, that, you know, God is first place in our lives. You know, that, that God is there. That mom and dad are going to model it. Mom and dad is going to push that value. And we're going to live that way. And you know what? At the end of the day, really and truly, parents, is there anything more important than that? You know, that your son and daughter says, you know what? God first. God first. Because when we seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, you know, it works out pretty well. Right? We're going to close this service by practicing what God said for us to do. Because I know, man, it's been tough for us. It's been, if, it's just, if you're feeling what I'm feeling about this past week, it's just tough. 
you know, to think of what's happening in Paris and other places like that. It's tough. And so we're going to kneel together in prayer. And we're going to ask God, who gives us the strength to stand, you know, to do what only He can do, all right? And so this is what we're going to ask. Okay, this is going to be kind of weird for some of you all. And, if, and, and, you know, when you pray, you all don't have to kneel. You know, it's not as important as the attitude of our hearts. But I think for today, as a way of saying to us, oh God, man, it's tough to stand. We're going to kneel. And so if you are able to kneel, okay? Now, if you cannot totally understand, right? My knees are like, it's a, they're a mess. But if you can, you move the chair and just kneel. And we're just going to pray. And we're not going to pray that long, okay? We're just going to pray for about, we're just going to be kneeled down for maybe about 45 minutes. So it's not going to be, no, it's <laughs> not going to. It's going to be a short couple, two, three minutes. But if you can, if you can't, no worries. And, and you know what? Don't worry about it. If other people look at you and they look, that's their kulian, don't worry about it. All right, so let's just kneel and, and, and we're going to pray for some stuff, all right? And if you're old like me, when you kneel and get up, you got to say stuff. You got to go like, Ugh! you know, right? When you're old, you're, oh, you got to say stuff. But um, yeah, let's pray. Yeah, first, let's thank God for his word and his presence here with us today. All right, so just quietly in your hearts, you just pray. Yeah, say, thank you, God, for your word, the Bible and that you're here with us today. So let's just pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you. Thank him that when we kneel in prayer, he gives us the strength to stand. Thank you, Lord. Give us that strength, Lord. And let's pray for Paris and Beirut and, you know, just the violence that's going on there. You know, you might be thinking of Japan with the earthquake, you know, just the past few days. Whatever else the Lord brings to mind about things happening around the world, you know, just pray that, that, that God would root out evil and protect the innocent. And pray for the churches there, that they would rise up and they would stand strong in the Lord. Let's just pray for that. Father, we just pray for Paris, God, and all of friends, Lord. That's a mess, God. It's just rough. And we pray, God, that you would root out evil that you would root out evil and you would protect the innocent God, that there would be no more attacks, that there would be no more violence, that the people that the enemy has used be rooted out, God. And we pray for the church, that this would be a shining moment in the life of the church, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just pray. Just pray blessing over those countries, and you know, for France, for Lebanon, Pan, wherever, just pray God's blessing that His kingdom would come, His will would be done there in those countries and around the world. Thank you, Lord. Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's pray for all of us that we would stand strong. And share the hope of Jesus with the world around us. That we will stand strong in his call for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, let's pray for every person here, Lord. Burn it in our hearts, God. We pray we do that, Jesus. Make us strong. Ask the Lord to bless that person on your left. That they would have the strength to stand strong. That they would be strong and courageous. 
Just pray a blessing. Just bless them. And bless the person on your right. That they would stand strong. And that they would be strong and courageous. Thank you, Lord. And you know, that it all starts, and for some of us, and some of you, you might be thinking, man, just, yeah, really, I don't feel the hope. It just seems so hopeless. And that, you know, Jesus is the hope of the world. And maybe it's a time for you to, to say, you know, I really do need a Savior. That I need, really need, do need uh, to, to turn to Jesus, because Jesus died on that cross for you. That anyone who would believe in who Jesus is and what he's done would be saved and would, exp- would experience eternal life. And maybe that's for you today. And if that's you, you know, just pray along with me. You know, just simply, you know, just, Father, I just, I'm turning away from my sin. You know, I'm turning toward you. Now, I understand that there's not hope in this world. I need Jesus, who is the hope of all the world. And I just surrender my life completely to you. That I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm coming to you just as I am. And I'm giving my life to you. Will you come now to be the Lord in my life as I accept you as my Savior? Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for completely forgiving me all the things that I've done fallen short in my life and as best as I can God I just make a decision to stand to stand strong with you but I need your help so Father I pray that I pray this week that we would continue to kneel in prayer and that you would give us the strength to stand And that throughout this week, we would stand strong in you. We would share the good news and the hope of Jesus to everyone we know. And that we truly would be strong and courageous in the midst of whatever comes our way. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. Um, sign up for the Next Step Homeless Shelter if you want to uh, help out there. Uh, you need more prayer, you just come forward. Um, if you're interested in getting baptized, um, just join me on the, in the room right next door. Uh, if you're hungry, there's food in the back. If not, see you at 3.30 Alamana Beach Park for our baptism. All right? God bless. <laughs>